Hello everyone, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically. It's the same way Jesus did it. I am very privileged today to have two local youth pastors in this studio with me today, Ryan Doucette and Meredith Wagner. Meredith grew up in Portland and studied musical theater at Belmont University in Nashville. Her first ministry position was as a preschool worship director and for the last two years, she has been the middle school youth coordinator at 26 West. Ryan has a bachelor's in English literature with a minor in classical studies. He worked at Nike for seven years in the philanthropy and digital marketing, and for the last five years has been a youth pastor at 26 West. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi, Roy. Uh, you have seven kids? I have. <laughs> <laughs> like, out of all of that Jesus stuff and I, the Bible, yeah. and you're like, what? I heard that, and then I was like, I can't recover from that. <laughs> so, true story. Still active engineer in the high-tech industry, and there was a guy, you know, super VP technology, whatever, whatever position at a big company. And after he heard that, he changed all of his passwords on his computers to Roy has <laughs> Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, it blew me away. So, he's like, so if you ever want to hack into like the, you know, technology sector, try Roy, Roy has, has seven, seven kids. kids. And their names are? Yeah. <laughs> what are their names, Roy? Uh, Jackie, Stephen, Marianne, Ruthie, Caleb, Katie Marie, and Ellie. Aww. Love it. Yes. Amazing. That's really sweet. Um, don't ask me their birthdays. <laughs> no, They're in my calendar. They're on my phone. I... All right. You responded to my bio. Now I'll respond to yours. Okay. Preschool worship director? Like, yeah. What? Like you were directing the worship for preschoolers? That's a good question. So Second Baptist has an incredible kids ministry, and they're really passionate about giving kids as young as three, four, and five the chance to have their own gathering. So from top to bottom, we had a room set up with a stage on it, and my name was Miss Giggle, and that stood. <laughs> <laughs> it stood for growing in God's love, so it's not spelled correctly, oh, but okay, you know but most of them can't the read yet, so know. it's okay. <laughs> and basically, I led a team of middle schoolers who helped me do skits that were themed to whatever our series was. We led worship together. We let the kids have a time of offering where we talked about, you know, wow. you can give God anything. It doesn't have to be money. It could be your time, your attention. Wow. Um, a lot of them just brought sweet drawings that they would give. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it was the best experience, and I just think that Wow. Teaching kids from like that core age, like who wow. Jesus is. We always called him, he's the boss of your life. That was like wow. the phrasing yeah, we used. Yeah. So it was a great experience. I loved it. Wow. So from now on, you are going to be Miss Giggle. Miss Giggle. I always wore purple too. It was like my iconic color. Yeah, you have a purple yeah. hat on. Yeah. Today, so <laughs> Got to hold on to a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And before you went into full-time ministry, yeah. you were in the industry of Nike and, you know, the grind and the rat race. <laughs> what did that transition look like? Were you like, oh my goodness, I'm just done? Or how did you get into full-time ministry? Um, I helped plant 26 West Church. I guess one of the first people to come and be a part of that. And I had just gotten the job at Nike. And so I had been a leader at the church for several years uh, when I was approached about a role. 
So I think the transition was actually super smooth. I, I felt like it really, I just was given the huge blessing of being freed up to do that full time. Cool. But I think there was so many like huge and really helpful things from Nike and business and strategy and marketing and um, just the way that they operate that has been super helpful in my ministry work. I mean, I just, there's some stuff there that really, I think, translated and is needed even in the church. There's things that work in that sense in that world that can that can come and help out, you know, some of us that are, that have no exposure to that. Nice, nice. Well, my first question for each of you, you guys can decide, whoever wants to answer first, <laughs> you guys can change it up. Um, you came from these different backgrounds, you're now serving together mm-hmm. at 26 West, loving the kids, putting them first, all these things. How would you describe, in your own words, what it is that you do? What's your role as a youth pastor? How do you see that? Mm, you can go first. You want me to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have summed it up in one sentence that I think, as to me, as I've like worked through it, makes the most sense. Is my job description is to help young people own their faith. Mm-hmm. And I use that as the line to sort of drive everything because what I find and I think is pretty common is when you're interacting with middle and high school students, they're usually there because their family's there or they grew up in a church. Their faith is not their own. And you hear it a lot too, even in latter testimonies of students coming back to faith in their 20s or whatever, like, this is when I made faith my own. Mm -hmm. And so I just have felt like my number one job is to help students own their faith and I am okay with and this might and some people might not like this or you might get weird emails but (laughs) I'm okay if they say no I want to get students to a place where they're making a decision and they're either saying yes or no and I've done my best Mm -hmm. to help lead and guide them but I don't want no there's just a middle ground and they're just gonna probably fall away anyways so that's how I've defined what I do with youth Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the, I think it's called Rumspringa in the Amish? Oh, the Amish community. Yeah. Huh. They get to go out. Yeah. Same thing, like Amish, like, yeah. whoa, big time, you know, yeah. conservative and a certain way. And they get to like, I think it's like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, go. Like, leave the Amish community. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then if you come back, like, you're coming back you know, for yeah, life. Yeah. But I don't want you to just kind of be here yeah. and just yeah. end up in your 30s and 40s being like so why are you here and like because no one had ever let me leave yeah that's cool i mean and you see it we're seeing that which is neat when you see the ones that jump in and they're on and they own it i you feel like wow there's something that's gonna last here so nice yeah okay for me (laughs) well I, i definitely agree i think that's how i would word it too is just to walk alongside young people and help them experience life in jesus but also i think for me i never really saw women in leadership in the church and so I really want to give just young women the chance to see there is a place here for Mm -hmm. you in a leadership role and two to be someone that they get to experience life with me too like I get to walk with them I want them to be a safe person that they can ask questions to bring their anxieties to me like I take the role very seriously on an emotional level I just think that's like a female thing Mm -hmm. too they just need people to reach out to over text like go out to coffee with them like I actually want to be a part of their life outside of the church walls. Nice. That is very cool. Well, back to the seven kids. Like, what is going on? (laughs) 
Uh, five of those seven are daughters. Mm-hmm. A lot of estrogen at our house. <laughs> the dog and cat are both male, so that kind of helps sway it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm also a girl dad, uh, and yeah, I demanded that the dog be male, okay, so I go. get it. I'm like, I need some help here. I'm <laughs> Two of my daughters are now at Biola. So oh, cool. Down yeah. Doing, you know, degrees in Christian-y kind of stuff. And I remember when they were in high school, they each came to me at different times and like, Dad, like these younger girls look up to me Mm -hmm. and Mm. it's such a responsibility and like I I don't want to mess this up because they're looking to me yeah Mm -hmm. and I just remember thinking like what a gift yeah Mm -hmm. what a gift what an opportunity you have to mentor these younger girls and they both did a great job I'm sure you do an awesome job so that's your role to help young people own their faith to walk alongside kids as they're you know experiencing Jesus what would be the, and I know this is probably not super like biblically sound, but like let's say you had a magic wand and you could like do magic. I know it's not biblical, but let's just <laughs> say you could for a minute. You could wave your magic wand and you could give the kids in your youth group a gift mm-hmm. to help them own their faith, to help them walk closer to Jesus. For your kids now in this culture, like what would that gift be for you? <laughs> you got yours? I, I think I do. I think it's kind of like a twofold thing. I think this generation specifically is very interested in identity. And I think if I could give my students a gift, it would be that their identity and every part of them is wrapped up in who Jesus is. Because I think a lot of the time they think, I have really bad anxiety or I'm really into soccer. And I'm like, no, Jesus has a part in all of that. Right. If I was to give them one thing, it would be like, your identity is interlaced with who Jesus is, who he made you to be. He is the sure thing. He is the foundation of all the things you love, all your passions, family problems, mental health. Like He is at the base of all of those things, and he wants to be a part of all of it. I think that they sometimes want to compartmentalize it, and if I could just give them the overflow into every piece of the pie, that's what I would give is that Jesus wants to be a part of it all. That's cool. Yeah. I'm not there yet. It probably took me like 40 years to even approach <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that's, that's it's a, a hard dr- one. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's totally key. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's funny. I had a couple pop in and I'm wrestling with. <laughs> <laughs> so which one? I'm actually going to say both. So this okay. be fun. The, the one like it, that first popped in, it's like the ability to read for a long time. <laughs> <Because> oh my <laughs> gosh, that's so true. <laughs> because we might get to it later, but... You know, they cannot commit or even get into God's word, and so they're just missing. But but the other one that I thought is also really important, and I think I may even go this way, is to be able to perfectly see through the lies and deception. Mm. And I could be wrong. I, maybe they do, but one of the things I feel like I'm seeing with young people is that they just don't even see that they're sort of being tricked. And so they're just walking into it. And I'm just like, oh, if you could just, you know, it's like that line. It's not a godly movie, but some of us know it. And I think it's a brilliant line is um, the usual suspects. The ending line is the greatest trick the devil ever played on us was convincing the world he didn't exist. It's that kind of like to gift them with anything that they could just see through and see everything for how it really is that I think could maybe then lead to more reading or I don't know. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Let's hone in on that aspect for a minute. We do an apologetics ministry. And the reason we do this goes back to in my living room, 
the seven kids theme that will just pop <laughs> I love it. Keep bringing it up, Roy. I'm still amazed. <laughs> you know, so so picture this: homeschooling the kids, seven kids. We're gonna go on a couple of rabbit trails. I promise we will. <laughs> we live like out in the woods, like on a mountain in the woods mm-hmm. on a gravel road. That's our house. Yeah. We heat our house with wood, like firewood. Uh, cool. like, that's how we. Wow. Yeah. If we don't have firewood, like we freeze to death. So we're always like chopping wood and stacking wood and all this kind of stuff. And there's one wood stove in the living room. And so everybody kind of co- tends to congregate in the living room in the wintertime because that's where it's warm. If you like, yeah. if they like go back to their bedrooms with it, they're freezing. No, no, no. <laughs> so there's the picture in my living room, seven kids all looking up at dad with big eyes being like, hey, dad, like, how's life work? What's the Bible say? And how's Jesus fit into this? And they're just asking me these questions. And a couple of big events, you know, happened. And they were like, so dad, you've been teaching us the Bible for a while, but it doesn't all seem to be like hanging together. Mm. Like this doesn't seem to match with what the Bible says. And that doesn't seem to match with how you said the world works. And so what's the deal? Mm. And I'm like, well, guys, it's easy, you know, and I grab a Bible and, you know, I'm like, here, sit down, everybody, and grab your hot cocoa, and, and I open it up, and I'm like, wow, I am not sure I have an answer to your questions. Hmm. You know, and I've got seven pairs of eyes, you know, big wide <laughs> eyes, being like, hey, Dad, we're waiting, we're waiting, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I need to be better at this. Hmm. I need to be better at opening up the Word of God and saying, what's weighing heavy on your heart? Mm-hmm. What questions do you have? Yeah. What lies are you believing? Or what questions are you struggling with? And be able to say, great, let's, not great that that's happening, but like, <laughs> okay, that's out on the table now. Let's yeah. go to the Word of God and let's walk this through and see if we can come to some answers and mm-hmm. some comfort. Yeah. So that's how the whole ministry started. So I think that's absolutely one of the things that's like bedrock you know, apologetics, you know, understanding how the Bible really relates to things, owning your faith, but then saying, hey, my faith is running up against my everyday life. Like every single day, I like run into a brick wall and I'm like, what's going on here? And you're like, well, that's actually a lie. That's a lie from Satan, that Mm -hmm. thing that you ran into. Like you need to figure out how to deal with that because you're going to run into it every single day. Like, we all know it, but um, the information flow is, you know, all-time high. Oh, so gosh, there's the crazy. constant competition. So it, it's sometimes not even walls that they're hitting, but it's like, well, what is truth? Because yeah. mm-hmm. there's so much coming at them. The endless yeah. content. Yeah. Endless. Yeah. yeah. And then what I saw with my kids were like, you know, they're out there, you know, running free, dancing in the lilies. You know, they didn't have a wonderful preschool worship director. Oh, <laughs> You know, they're, they're skipping through the meadows. And then after a while, I look at them, and they're just, like, slugging along, just like, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is weighing you down? Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Sometimes it's not a brick wall. It's just stuff gets attached. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is – something's chained to your ankle. Yeah. Like, what yeah, is that? Totally. Like, oh, it's my identity. I don't know who I am. <laughs> you know, and you're like, what? Let's deal with that. And so sometimes just helping kids get rid of those. You know, like, mm-hmm. what are some of the things – that are weighing them down or confusing them or lies that are trapping them. Yeah. Are you going to open our Yeah. Right. <laughs> our so, sorry. I said, no, I think this is good. So I'll just mention it since we're here. But um, we'll share some. They're no different than I think what most youth workers are hearing or parents are hearing or experiencing. Yeah. But what's really neat and worth kind of bringing up that we do, and, and this isn't 
our thing. Um, we learned it from Sean McDowell, but we actually have students send in anonymous questions, and once a month we try to, to stop answer. And, and answer some of them. And so what I was doing was pulling up, like, well, I'll tell you what they're asking you, yeah, <laughs> know, asking exactly us, yeah. But what are just some ones Honestly, we've had or big I ones? I think the big theme is, like, sexuality. Lots of yeah. questions about LGBTQIA+, lots of that. Lots of questions about, does God care when I'm sad? Does God care when I'm lonely? Does he see me when I'm upset? Why doesn't God heal my anxiety? Lots of mental health stuff. And then they will just drop, like, a random passage from, like, Leviticus and be like, why can't women wear pants? Like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Where, like, they find these little nuggets Sometimes out of context, sometimes not. But they genuinely want to know, like, why does the Bible say that we should kill this ox? They find stories. And I don't know where they're getting that. What's cool is that we're seeing, I think, after doing this now for about a year or so, at first it was the real big, like, okay, well, why can't you be homosexual? It was some of the big stuff. But as we process some of those, and in conjunction with that, we've been really big on, like, let's get in the world. Word. Yeah. Now we're seeing the questions of like wherever they're reading at, which is really cool. So we're seeing some neat fruit. But I mean, there'll be things like they're very contextual. Again, this goes back to the information flow. So, you know, what is Roe v. Wade and how does it impact my faith? Yeah. They're going to ask that and we had question. Of those too. You know, so why are women not allowed to become pastors or lead worship? So they're not understanding, maybe. But, you know, so there's some real questions. Um, so I would just say the questions that we see are the ones you would assume are contextual and recent. And then we are starting to get a little bit more in our own culture. Students are really asking questions about the Bible as they're starting to turn and look in there and, and trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's encouraging to us because it says they're approaching it. They're getting a hunger. They're going there. They're all the big same kind of questions I think that all young people have and that they're wrestling with in the larger you know, context of culture and society. Yeah, That's one of the things that I love about Portland or, you know, the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, is, it's, and I've, I've lived in different parts of the country, traveled a bunch, and it, there's something different about the Pacific Northwest. And it's, the, everybody really values sincerity mm-hmm. and genuineness. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. let's just be real with each other. Yeah. And, you know, Midwest, everybody's happy and, like, really super polite, yeah. but they never really say what they're thinking, mm-hmm. and they're like, ah, there's something that we have here. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people are like, hey, I really want to know things and I'm willing to be open with them mm-hmm. and share things mm-hmm. that are maybe difficult and not be a jerk about it, but I, I want to like just put everything on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like a, a generational thing or just something young people are, are always well equipped with, but they can smell a fake. Oh, oh, and I mean, gosh. I don't know if you say it's always that or this one, but like yeah. they know they can, they can smell it. They can really tell if you're, if you're really real and, and being, yeah. you know, genuine with oh, them, yeah. like they see totally. it. Well, and I think we were just talking about this yesterday. I just feel like Gen Z specifically is a generation that just loves people and like wants to see injustices brought to the light. Oh, yeah. They are yeah. passionate yeah. about helping yeah. other people. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about they're constantly getting this surge of information all the time of bad news all the time. It's bad news, yeah. bad news, yeah. bad news. Yeah. And they want to change that. They want to do something yeah. to help people. It's such a generational thing, I think, and like specific to them. Back to Sean McDowell. So one of my daughters is actually taking a class, apologetics class, from Sean McDowell, probably in class right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and my other daughter 
did a talk at a conference one time with his book. I can't remember the name of it. We'll, maybe we'll put a link up um, uh, on the website. Something like the next generation. So the next yeah, generation so yeah. will know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The next yeah. generation will know. And it was really cool. One of the things in there, they're, they're like super tech literate mm-hmm. and, you know, all kind of skeptical. But one of the things was like they, they really want to change the world. They do. Yeah. Like that they're very care, pragmatic. They and Yeah, totally. They're like, I want my life to count. Yep. I want to make a difference. Yep. And I just think that's, you know, we as the church, if we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, that's your thing. It's like, no, tap into this thing that God has put in their heart mm-hmm. and into the heart mm-hmm. of their generation. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, you know what the biggest difference you could ever make ever in the whole world and history is like for Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like go be a light, go be testimony of God working in someone's life and learn how to share the gospel effectively yeah. so people can know the best news ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's like the biggest, you know, there used to be like a, a Marines, U.S. Marines, you know, military commercial about, uh, you know, come join us and we'll go do this big, you know, kind of life calling kind of a thing. And, and there, you know, there's, there's tons of examples like that, but I thought, man, there's no bigger life calling than like the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so what a what a perfect match. This whole generation is primed for the gospel of like, hey, let's go change the world yeah. for Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's very encouraging that the kids are asking questions about the Bible that they're reading. One of the things that we found is in any conversation, anytime you can get to the Bible or to Jesus, as soon as you can, like boom, <laughs> now you're on solid mm-hmm. ground. And now you're like, okay. Now I've connected with you. Now you've got this big vision of the world and for your life. And so it is super encouraging to try and just be like, hey, if I can have an effect on young people to say, hey, whatever you're going through, whatever you're wrestling with, like land on the Bible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Land on Jesus as soon as you can. And then we'll navigate from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you referenced that book, so the next generation will know. And I thought... Sean and I forget the co-writer that he worked with but you know they went through pretty intensive lengths to get some answers to like what's happening like why why is this generation walking away Mm -hmm. and you know one of the leading things that they found that the the young people were saying like this is the reason I left and all these surveys and interviews is because I have questions that haven't been answered or answered sufficiently And so I just think we have to, it's those awkward or hard conversations that we like to avoid, but these students, like they're looking for answers. Yeah. And so if we don't provide some or, or help them navigate it, they're going to find them elsewhere because we just talked about in reference the endless information yes. flow that's everywhere. Yes. And so I, I think that's key. And then, and then what you're saying, I just wanted to comment on the, the, this generation is hungry and they do want to change the world but i still feel like there's a sense of like it, it doesn't mean they don't need us and, and they I, need us more yes <laughs> I, I i'm i'm actually am seeing you know we there's there's a youth movement across our city that we are really fortunate to be a part of and even in the mass numbers i still don't see a ton of just like go getters right that they're they're willing but they need someone to come alongside them and give that like encouragement and mm-hmm. show me what to do and like i'll do it and and if you tell me what to do like i'm there but like i do still think there's very few that are just like going to get up and go and change the world mm-hmm. they yeah. do need mentors and guidance totally. and and so i think that's like this critical role that um, adults and youth workers and leaders and pastors that you know can play is is finding the ones that are ready to lean in and they're going to need you you know? 
Well, we are going to end this session on a cliffhanger because that is <laughs> perfect. So if you guys would be okay, I would love to invite you back for another session. And we're, we'll pick it up, I promise, right there on this youth movement yeah. and what's going on. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, yeah, it has been wonderful to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah. thank you for, Thanks, for being here. Uh, it's been such a blessing. Well, now, how about you? Do you have young people in your life that you can have a significant impact on? Kids, grandkids, kids in your church. I want to encourage you to pray for them. God is moving in their hearts. God is moving in their minds. And now is a time when they need you to come alongside them. Pray for them. Get involved in their life and lift them up and support them for the work that God wants to do in their life. And here at the Ambassadors Forum, we are here to help. Go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com to check out some of our helpful resources. And finally, I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.